Welcome back, Manlian Podcast, live from, uh, not the People Cave, whatever you want to call our new office, the lovely, lovely Sally DeFreeze to my right, the ugly, ugly Randy Trembacki to my left. He's not actually on the podcast, he's just doing the producing side of things. Sally, how are you? I'm on uh, day four of five of this cleanse. You're on a cleanse. Yeah. Oh, boy. I'm on a prolonged cleanse. Oh, no. What do, kind of... Uh, do you know you, what a prolonged cleanse is? I don't. I sure don't. Made somewhat famous by Gwyneth Paltrow on the Goop Lab show. Mm, okay. Basically a five-day fasting mimicking diet is what they call okay. it. Okay. So are you eating zero things or no, are you... I, what in the this, world is, is that? Drinking this, which is hibiscus tea and... Very good, by the way. Uh, something called the L drink. I don't really know what that means. Uh, I've also got spearmint tea on ice in here, and then I've got coffee in here. My first of the day. You're allowed to have black coffee like once a day, okay. and I've been holding off because we're going to Justin Bieber tonight. So I was like, I'm gonna have an afternoon coffee to like. Oh, okay. Really, and then you, then you like eat some soups and some like nut bars mm -hmm. um but that's it yeah there... <laughs> i was talked into this by my sister who's done it a couple times and okay. she is a day behind me so i'm supposed to be like apparently a day four you like hit euphoria and you like sleep great and you feel sydney amazing. sweeney comes over and um, I, yeah, no, not Sydney Sweeney, although I'm hoping to look like Sydney Sweeney at the end of this. Well, let's go. Um, I don't think that euphoria has hit yet. So you, for me. in theory, today should be your euphoria day. And right. it hasn't hit yet. I'm like clearly in ketosis, but I oh, think that cool. I'm like so, I was so far away from ketosis before that, that it's mm, like taking okay. my body so long that maybe I'm hoping tomorrow will like be the, the euphoria day interesting tomorrow will be euphoria regardless because it'll be the last day of so it. i'm sure you just the the thing you couldn't wait to do today was a podcast with me uh you know i thought <laughs> <laughs> i thought my mindset was gonna be a lot better it's it's been a little difficult today i think because i at work like it was easy it's because it, it's it keeps you busy right, right? And, like I, I, and i can't eat while in the or anyway so it's like I would just like go out, have lunch for a couple of minutes and then come back to the mm -hmm. OR and be busy. Today's been harder because I have to like feed Fritz. We had to go to Trader Joe's earlier. That was difficult. Mm -hmm. Like walking that's, down an aisle. That's Trader really, Joe's really tough. Starving is not easy. Oh my gosh. Well, hopefully this just takes a good chunk out of your, out of your fast here. Doing the mail-in yeah, podcast. Yeah, so I've got my trilogy of drinks and <laughs> I'll be sober at Beebs tonight. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Oh boy. I didn't need a driver. What's your favorite Beebs song? Um, I like, mean. Does he like run through the hits still? Like, is he yeah. going to sing Baby tonight? I think he does sing Baby actually. Wow. And yeah. it's one of those like, you know, ever notice when you're at a concert and the musician is doing a song that he's like, or she's like really tired of playing yeah. and the tempo is about twice as fast as normally he's like baby 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 oh, okay and then just, i just almost think that he like might play it like an acoustic version of it oh, or something uh okay. we somebody looked up the set list and like sent it to my group text it's, my whole family's going and so somebody sent it to the group text and we were like talking about what he is and isn't playing 
Interesting. I I, mean, I love Ghost. I okay. love uh Will's a big fan of peaches. Peaches. He gets them in Georgia. Yeah. I haven't listened to a lot of his new album. Like I know, I know the like hits, but I don't know the deep tracks of the new album. So like I, yeah, I don't I, if he if he hits me with like a song in the summer, like him and DJ Khaled and Quavo on something. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a ride with it, but I'm very excited about it, but I'm last week we went to John Mayer and like mm -hmm. we were right in the middle of that crowd like age-wise. Like I feel like probably the youngest person there was like probably 29. That hurts a lot. Knowing yeah. that John Mayer is not like cool college stuff. No, he, he's he's not like a teen heartthrob. But like tonight, we'll be yeah. we'll be the oldest people there that are not bringing their children. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because like the the yeah. older people that are there are like bringing their teenagers. Uh huh. Like we'll be the oldest people there that are without kids. Definitely with us. You know, it's it's a there's a, pheno a phenomenon in entertainment and like when I was at Barstool, for example. When you take a look at shows like that that have very young followings, mm -hmm. especially like teens, whether it's a musician or a show like Caller Daddy, for example, right? We would look into the into the Caller Daddy data, and it's like this giant spike, like girls, females, you know, weirdly below eighteen, neither here nor there, but below eighteen to like twenty four is this huge majority, and then it would sink down. And then it would spike again at like 45 to 54. Right. And what we would find is that it's just kids using their parents like credit cards yeah. on stuff to pay for stuff. So it's like you kind of have to take that with a grain of salt. But yeah, you're going to be the uh, the old folks tonight. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out nice. what I can like wear that's not going to be totally chuggy. Oh, you, you have to throw heat tonight or else you'll just be shamed from yeah. across the aisle. I do have some like some – jeans that i've been like trying to test out recently Ooh. that are less juicy. you should They're, take like, a look a at mugsy like, jeans i well these are not mugsy but okay. they they are not skinny jeans which is like what i exclusively wear these are like a wide leg oh like, a little bell kind of bell bottom ish not even what bell they call bottom, them? like just full-blown like almost jankos oh. like mom jeans no, but they're not mom jeans. They're Aren't like mom jeans like that. No, mom jeans is more referring to like the waist of a jean. Ah, okay. Let's see. That's what I know about female jeans. Yeah, not not brushed up well enough. So I think I'm gonna wear that, like maybe a crop top. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm feeling I, my body confidence is really high right now. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't eaten anything in like you know 72 hours. So oh, my god. I mean, I have eaten. Okay, like I have baseline nutrients. There you go. But yeah. Speaking of baseline nutrients, if you want to touch base with us, give us a shout on the voicemail, 888-362-MAIL, 888-362-6245, or you can write in at the link in the Twitter bio, at Mail-In Podcast. Sally, are you ready to go? Yes. Mail-In Crew, I've been unsuccessful on the dating apps for about a year now. This Is, is this from Randy in Texas? Uh, I've had my profiles vetted by a few women. And they all agreed I had a killer profile. But it just doesn't seem to work for me. My last two relationships came out of women I knew sliding into my DMs. So I feel like that might be my best shot. My question is, how do I tastefully post thirst traps to stimulate engagement or interest? Summer's coming up, so pool, lake pictures are in play. But can I get away with posting more stories along with the occasional grid picture what is the line and how do I tow it? Would love the female perspective, especially. 
trap season, Sally. Um, first question is, and it's been a long time since I've been on a dating app, but like, I don't, I don't feel like there's like a specific profile that you're like, wow, <laughs> that profile knocked me off. Yeah, because the profile gets you in the door, right? But it's yeah. it's a lot about the first two or three dates that's gonna right. But I mean, the there's nothing the there, on a on a dating app. It's just for the most part is pure attraction and people going off of like what their type is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so as long as you don't have like you with one other girl or you like doing weird stuff, like I feel like there's nothing yeah. that's like a make or break for me on a profile photo. Yeah. There's like the cliche, like fish pics and I was about to say like the dude holding fish, the women that have five pictures and every one of them has sunglasses or yeah, every that's a tough look because but <laughs> that's, that's why people also won't click on you because they're like i don't know what this person actually looks like yeah you need to have enough pictures on there that like look like you i don't know anyway that's a tangent because this guy's not even asking about that um what is the line and how does he tow it like if he posts a candid shirtless boat pick and you stumble across that on your Instagram timeline or or Bumble or wherever. Are you like, oh fuck this dude, douchebag? No. Or is that if it, like to me that's that's in play these days? I think that's totally in play, especially in summer. Right. What I was gonna suggest is consistency is key. Like that you, the algorithm works in your favor the more you post. Actually, so right. so having stories up a lot right. and having grid posts more is actually doing you favors than just yeah. like occasion posting one boat pick one time this whole summer. You got to be more active on the grid, especially Yeah, because the grid people like I fall victim to it. You post like once a month or once every quarter. And then you get, you go down to like 2017 real quick and people are like, well, this guy, like, I don't know his deal. Yeah. Or I don't know her deal. Right. Get more on the grid. It doesn't need to be all you. And it doesn't need to be like, all pictures of you and four guys in a line like this. Right. Mix it up. Get get candid with it. Get like you doesn't have to be your face. It can be a, a like scenery. That's that's in these days. Yeah. Is to post Instagrams that are more like like Tumblr and Visco, mm -hmm. where it's not necessarily like you doing something or you and your dog or you and a fish. It's like here's a sunset or here's right. a mountain and my coffee. Like yeah, that's that's in these days, folks. Right. I think a good mix of story and grid is in play. I think for me, the line is like. How hard are you trying in the picture is the where the line starts for me. Are you trying to like look like a douchebag? Every bag? single photo is of you with your shirt off. Like chill. If you're doing stuff every weekend where you have your shirt off, mm -hmm. great. But then post like a mix of other shit that you're doing. Like yes. a little portrait landscape, a little, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, pictures of other people that's a great like i think for me as a as a rule of thumb my personal instagram and like if you went and looked at my grid right now it's like pictures of me and will pictures of me and will pictures of me and will pictures of me and fritz pictures of me and fritz only rose dog and that's it like and rosie sometimes i don't like if i started posting landscapes people are gonna be like what the fuck is going on like what's she doing just stick to what you're doing which is mom stuff but if you give a little mix in but if you give a mix in and you start now 
upping your posting game, then it looks less like, whoa, he only posts body shots. Absolutely. You know where the line is, is like, for example, mirror selfie. Absolutely that's a, not. That's a hard no for me. Hard no. So I think the line, if you are holding the phone and it's not of you, it's okay. But if you're holding the phone and it's of you, whether selfie or mirror pick, God forbid, that's that's a line. I actually, well, and I think it's harder for guys to pull off a mirror selfie, obviously. I think for girls, kind of mirror selfies are back in. As Okay. Stories, absolutely. Yeah. Grid post mirror selfies? Are they back in? I remember like old like totally Facebook pitch with DSLRs. On, like on the like. Summer 2012. If you know, if you're self-aware enough to know that you're posting a mirror selfie, like mm -hmm. something's going on. Like I feel like that's okay in like a photo dump. Sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know what? That's true. They're, they are more in, especially But no one, we're not doing like mirror selfies like. From no. above oh, so the, or the, like with our shirt off. We're like doing it like as a fit pick. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yes, with yes, like yes. other shit happening around you. You know what I see a lot of is, is like covering the face. Right. For example, yes. Because the emphasis is on the fit pick. Right. Or like maybe maybe you're taking a photo in a mirror, but there's like other shit happening around you mm -hmm. as you're taking the photo in the mirror. But yeah, we're not doing like 2012 like heavy eyeliner peace sign. Mm-hmm. No. Mm -hmm. I also think you don't, the other hard line is like, you don't want to come off. And I, we've kind of said this, like too much of a bro, like you want to look like you have other interests besides just like being at the pool. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's a fine line that you strike between like yourself and then just mix in some like other stuff, your friends, your dog, what you're doing. Stay out of the gym when you're taking yeah, Instagram yeah. pics. No, no gym. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else that's like ugh, hard, hard like douche. But maybe like don't take a picture of your car from an angle that's like, look at my Hemi. Yeah. I mean, I guess I guess people do that and that's fine. But don't make like your don't first start six like picks. making reels of just yourself. Yeah. Singing to country boy TikTok. Don't. Uh, like invest heavily in a cryptocurrency and try to pump and dump it on other people and use your reels in order to do so. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, That's mm -hmm. probably a no-go, Randy. Marvel coin ass over there. What's Marvel coin? I don't know. I just made that up. Okay. You know what you could wear? I also pitch, think though? too, though, what my last thing is <laughs> like, people want to see your personality. So like stories or grid post. Like a, a funny caption goes a long way. Not a try hard caption, just like a just like making a comment about something. Like vitamin C S E A with a boat emoji. No. <laughs> <laughs> I did just like show off your personality too. Cause like people are on there being like, oh, this guy's like got a little going on here. He's got yeah. some friends. He's got some abs. He isn't like He's a little self-deprecating. Mm -hmm. That's you know? a big thing. Self-deprecation goes a long way. Yeah. On, on any platform and anything ever, actually. Um, my last request, send your profile into myself and Sally, and we will break it down. Not live, but we'll give you our opinions. Yeah. He could wear Rothy's in his, in his pitch, too. That would be a, another suggestion I would make.
Because not well, only are they- People want to know that you're taking care of your feet. Right. Not only are they the most comfortable shoes I've ever owned in my entire life, they look sexy as hell, Sally. It's the summer of sexy. It's it's a hotness journey summer. Hot, yeah. hot, hot shoe summer is what they're saying, actually. That's what I heard. And Rothy's are here to deliver. April is Earth Month, by the way. And that means a lot of us are giving a little extra thought to how we treat the planet. I saw a, an electric vehicle today. And I was like, I think I'm due for one of those soon. Not like a Tesla, nor like a, but like a, if a Jeep Grand Cherokee goes electric, I'll think about it. Well, you know my recycling initiative of bringing our recycling to the office because I recently found out that our apartment recycling goes straight to the dumpster. Yeah. Which was know, upsetting. You know where it doesn't go? To Rothy's HQ where they make all of their shoes out of recycled plastic. That's amazing. Incredible. I can't believe they're that comfortable and made of what, what they are, but they are because the science is in, insane. They believe that the biggest challenges can be tackled one step at a time. Like climate change, they make the most comfortable, stylish, and durable shoes and daily essentials from that plastic. The soles are grippy. I feel like I want to skate in them. Go back to my skateboarding days. Mm -hmm. The shoes are, are I go socksless in them, to be honest with you, because they're that nice. And they just look good. They're clean. Like the white eye of the bone and the gum sole, a little blue highlight on the back. Unbelievable. The clothes you wear every day shouldn't just look great. They should make you feel great. And that's exactly how you feel knowing your Rothy's helped keep ocean-bound plastic out of the water and your shoes. So sustainability, we've covered that. Comfort, we cover that. How about washability? If your Rothy's get, get soiled at all, Sally, throw them in the washing machine. Boom, done. Well, crisp white tennies are also very in. Crisp white tennies are so in. And it's easy to keep them crisp and white when you can just toss them in the washer. Absolutely. On and colds because we stay in our environment. That's, that's correct. Right. Plus, they're durable. I wear my Rothy's all the time. Never get dinged. Never get like a strap doesn't come loose. No no knitting is off. And they, they go in the washing machine all the time. Yeah. They're just, they're indestructible shoes. I probably legally can't say they're indestructible because like I assume that if you were to take like a table saw to them, it probably wouldn't go well. But they're almost indestructible shoes, Sally. It's amazing. When you're wearing Rothy's, your footprint feels lighter than ever. Get $20 off your first purchase today at rothys.com slash mail. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash M-A-I-L. Here's the next one. What is up, y'all? This question is for Brett from one biz dev guy to another. I have been working in software sales for the past four years or so. Prior to the pandemic, I really loved the industry and saw myself there long term. However, once the pandemic hit and everyone began to work from home, I saw a serious decline uh, in not only my performance, but my motivation as well. I've been working from home for over two years now, and I am beginning to wonder if I ever truly enjoyed working in sales or I just loved my team that I used to work with. Since then, I've switched between two other companies. My patience is already wearing thin with my current role. I've moved cities, got a larger apartment, and done all the standard methods to ease the work-from-home pains, but nothing seems to work. Simply put, the stress is really getting to me, and I'm not sure if I can continue to work in the industry. Should I stick it out in sales at whatever company that may be, or do you think it's time to cut and run to a different industry altogether? Love the pod and appreciate any advice? 
So since I'm in sales, I'll tackle this one quickly because I have a pretty decisive answer for you. And the thing about sales and the reason I love it so much is because I love the product I'm selling. Mm-hmm. And that has to be where your motivation comes from if you want to really enjoy sales. There are people that couldn't care less about the shit they're, they're selling. They love the commission. They love the lifestyle. They love the taking clients out. They love the pitch. They love the, the gamesmanship of it. They love that it's basically a sport. I like that stuff, but I love the product I'm selling. I mm-hmm. love the mail-in podcast. I love washed media. I love like circling back. I love telling our story. And that's the reason I'm here in the first place is because I, I wanted to sell that to people, not just brands, not just advertisers, not just other like whatever, but to audience right? and to, you know, investors at some point, right? Like I was so obsessed with the product, much like a lot of fans are, that I wanted to make it happen so that I, I can tell that story. And if you are not, there with what you're selling then it's going to be t- you have to artificially manufacture that motivation which can be done with money which can be done with commission which can mm-hmm. be done with um, work from home flexibility right there's a there's ways to prop that up if you're like yeah the software is cool but if it disappeared tomorrow would i be devastated right like right. i think the biggest thing with sales is what what is your motivation for for being in it and to answer this guy's question, like, if you don't love the product, check off the box. If you don't love your current motivation, if you don't love the money or the commission or your performance or whatever, check off the box. So either you find that motivation and you find what you love to sell, you find it in your paycheck, like everybody's different, or that's when you cut and run. Because if you're a salesman, you're already talented in, in talking to people and communication and, and mm-hmm. self like in, introspection and, and self-worth and all this stuff that like you have to be good at. And he was good at it, right? He's been in there for four years. He's got a lot of experience. Um, it was doing well before it was work from home. But since it's work from home, you lose out on the camaraderie of being around a team. And then you get to the bare bones of what am I doing and why am I doing it? Right. I I mean, I'm not in sales, but I have several family members and friends who are in sales. I think this applies specifically to sales, but then also on the broader sense to other jobs. Like when you lose, there's some people that will be able to do sales for their whole life. Mm-hmm. That is the case in any job. There's some people who are comfortable working in the same healthcare job their whole life. But most people grow and change, and that's normal to, like, age out of it, change out of it, grow past it, et cetera. If he's already made all of the changes that normally somebody's like, okay, change exactly what you said, like, change your motivation, change your space, change your town, change your company, and that's Mm -hmm. not doing it for you, you probably just need to change in general, especially, like, he's already changed companies. He's probably still selling the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, still in software sales. Obviously, there's other like sales jobs you could get, but you may just be at the point where you need a career change. Yeah. Like we've said this before, but um, it's worth repeating. It's very uncommon for any single person to remain in the same career path their entire life. 
most likely because we are older now and we mm -hmm. uh, maintain our jobs for like decades longer than people had in the past um, because we start work earlier and we work longer than we people did a couple generations ago. But think about if you're in a job for 40 years, like very few people did the same thing for 40 years. It's okay to like be growth, like have growth past what you started out doing. Absolutely. And it's okay to, to love a job and want it. Like if you're a farmer and you love what you're doing, 40 years of that sounds great and go for it. But what I would say to this guy is I'd probably change out of your current situation. And I'd do one of two things. Either, like you said, totally, totally flip it on its head. Yeah. Go do something completely different. Or go like go to a coffee shop, go to a bar, go to wherever you can just get out of your own head for a second and think about what would I love to sell? Yeah. Would I love to sell my favorite beer? Would I love to sell my favorite podcast? Would I love to sell something that I already love? And reach out. Like part of sales is cold, whatever, cold email, cold call, cold this, cold that. Go go see if you can sell something you love to sell. Like you you know the story down pat. You could walk in a room tomorrow yeah. and sell this t-shirt, this polo or this golf course or this vacation spot or whatever. Maybe that's an option. Maybe think about something that you love to sell. Say, I have four years of experience doing this. I want to change because I don't love what I sell. I want to love what I sell. Yeah. And that's that's tempting for any brand. Right. So I hope those are two good options we laid out. And uh, if you need help beyond that, just let me know. I love sales stuff. I love talking about sales. I love doing sales um, and marketing, et cetera. So next one. Yeah. Brett and Sally, long time, first time. Welcome. I was fortunate enough to be able to buy my first house in the beginning of COVID after rental hopping through and right after college. My most recent roommate just moved out and left me in a pickle. I have convinced myself it is time to live alone. I've never done it and want to take the leap, but I now have some furniture to replace and an extra bedroom to fill. Since I'm losing his rent too, I'm not exactly flush with cash. Like I can make the mortgage, but I can't afford to fill his space. At least not with the quality of stuff I would like to. So what do I do with the room? Do I buy cheap stuff and know it'll look subpar for a while and I'll have to buy more later? Do I fill it super slowly? Do I use the room for something else? Let me know what you would do. For context, I am 26 and work in tech in Raleigh. The house is a comfortable size for living on my own without that extra room, but I don't want to rent it out. I've already, uh, I already have an office and a workshop space set up in the house. Thanks so much. Love the pod. I don't think that there, it's like necessary in my opinion to like fill it just to fill it. Mm -hmm. um, obviously it makes you feel like your space is more complete when there's like furniture around and you don't just have like an empty room, but mm -hmm. also like in my personal opinion, I'm at the age now where I would rather have like quality items rather than just, just like shit that's there to like serve a purpose. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm trying to be more conscious of that. Like 
when we buy stuff, like, am I going to use this in the long haul? Can I repurpose this later on? Especially with furniture. And furniture feels like a real gut punch when you're buying it because it's so expensive. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's really important to buy good quality items that you like that you'll be able to use for years and years, if not decades. Um, like a prime example of this is, and also thinking about furniture that in a, in a sense of like, yes, it's expensive, but like what's your cost per use? So mm -hmm. for me, like buying a sofa that we like really liked and would be able to like, would like hold up for years and like be able to recover and things like that was important. So I was like, we'll spend money on that. But sounds like this guy, it's like he may never even walk in this room, right? Yeah. So yes, you could turn into a guest room or something like that, fill it with like enough stuff to like make it look decent or just like take the time to like stew on it. I don't know. I, for me, I think I would rather like thoughtfully curate the space. What that sounds like so douchey that I just said that, but like I it. make it into something you like versus like being like, okay, I, I'm just going to go like slap some stuff up from Ikea so that it like the room is filled, yeah. you know? Yeah. And look, I, I have a couple of things on this. Like I'm, I'm nervous that he bought a house with like the idea of the roommate in mind and factoring that into the mortgage type right. of thing. And like that makes me nervous is like I always hear people being house poor and I, he's not house poor because he's like the mortgage is fine. But if we don't want to do a guest room, like what happens if a tree falls on your air conditioning unit? Like yeah. Dave, like happened to Dave. Like that's the stuff that I get nervous about. But like it's take the money out of it. The only, my only tangent there was going to be is is finding a, another roommate the end of the world or are you dead set on living alone and replacing some of that cost so you can have it be nice and can right. have like – things be cut down, especially at 26 and like you're kind of just getting into the meat of your career at that right. point. It's kind of out of the entry level stuff. But if he wants to live alone, then I'm sort of with you and I would just go nothing in there for now yeah. and and focus on other stuff first. Like get your house to the, the place you want it to be right? and then worry about that one later. If you have the office, you have the workshop, everybody has the guest room, like guest room fantasy. Uh-huh. It's not the end of the world if you don't have like this beautiful, bright, home digest guest room, right. especially early on. And I get what you're saying about like it sounds like for me, I'm always a big advocate of living alone. I think that people really learn about oh, themselves. You sure do. Yeah. Living alone. Um, so if you really aren't going to be strapped for cash and can afford to live without a roommate, then I would do it. Mm -hmm. Um and obviously leaving it empty always has the opportunity if you want to live with someone later or you yeah, have the a partner open, who moves right? yeah. in who has to bring their shit over. Um, I'm trying to think of like the people that I know who own houses now, who owned houses when we were younger. Um, like the expectation, my expectations for someone's house are like so low. Like I'm not like going into someone's house and being like, <laughs> Can't believe they don't have that room no, decorated. No. Probably because for me, I like we'll move into somewhere and like not even like set it up correctly for months on end. Mm -hmm. So like I I don't feel like there's any there shouldn't be any like outside societal pressure that you have to like have every room in your house filled. Not at all. Yeah, that door can be shut. 
Right. And you can lock it. And then guess what? Nobody goes in there when you have people over. When Get you a have, Peloton and like right. do what everyone on Peloton's commercials has and like set up a solarium where you can have your Peloton dress by itself, which yeah. I think is an absurd thing. <laughs> uh, no, honestly, leave it empty if you want. it, and Especially because one day you may turn around and be like, you know what? I really want to like make a really nice guest room or I don't really need a guest room. I want someone to move in or I want to set, make this into a workout room. Totally. It, I, it, leaving it open gives you time, money, and opportunity to do right. what you want with it down the line versus making like a, a split Ikea decision. Nothing wrong right. with the Ikea stuff, but like just filling it for the sake of filling it because I should do it. Like, to, or because I, I want something there. I, I think it's better to hold off. Also, buying a lot of cheap furniture now um, is so wasteful in the, in the long run because mm -hmm. eventually, probably, you're going to end up with somebody and they're going to bring their stuff to the space. And uh, if you get a wife, um, she's probably going to despise everything that you bought <laughs> um, and sell it because yeah. it's probably like all dark wood from rooms to go. And um, I'm just, I'm just throwing a fair warning out there. Guys, we love a bedroom set. Congrats on being an adult. But like, when you move in with a girl, um, she will throw all your shit away because yeah, it's she ugly. wins the uh, she wins the headboard battle, right? Yeah, like, well, let's just leave the decisions up to um, the partner with the stronger aesthetic. In, in our case, it was Will actually, mm -hmm. but we we both had to get rid of some stuff. I, but like, we were never in a situation where either of us came with like a lot of furniture to the union, so we have like slowly gathered things but like yeah. i had friends who like got married and were like uh we're selling all of steven's furniture <laughs> because it's all from ashley home store and it is tragic so i'm just saying mm -hmm. that is great that you own your own house and that you like want to fill it with furniture just be mindful of the fact that four years from now you could have a partner who hates all of your taste and gets rid That's of it. That's true. That's very true. Also, congrats on buying the house at the beginning of COVID because yeah. you're now, uh, while you not, might not be flush with cash in the near term, if you're in Raleigh, uh, like you said, you're probably flush with cash in the long term. So mm -hmm. congratulations on yeah. that. Uh, what it, the, one of the most important things about your house, though, is the garage fridge. You know what? You know what the garage fridge is used the, for. The like Sally. the wine fridge. Oh yeah. The yeah. It, everybody. It's a from, drink fridge only. From south to midwest to west, if you have a garage fridge, you know it's exactly in there. And what he should put in there is some Vizzy Hard Seltzer, because if you have Vizzy Hard Seltzer in the, in the garage fridge, uh, that's a vibe, Sally. Yeah. And Vizzy's all about vibes these days. The party after the party, that's a vibe. Free afternoon on a Friday. Vibe. Happy hour on a Thursday or a Wednesday. Vibe. Nothing screams generational wealth like a good beverage garage fridge. Beverage garage a fridge. A stock one. Because yeah. you don't want to be like, oh, like, oh, you like, have a beer out in the fridge. Mm -hmm. There's like one single sad, like, Coors banquet from four years ago. Mm -hmm. No. You got to no. keep that thing stocked. 
with good shit that people want to drink like Vizzy. Like okay, if I come seltzer. over to your house and you have a beverage fridge in your garage that is full of Vizzy, like I know you're a real one. You're absolutely a real one. And there's always some like frozen meat that's been in the top freezer for a long time just in case. You got the fridge stocked up with Vizzy and Molson Coors products uh, besides Vizzy if you really want to. Yeah. I mean, just keep it current, you know, don't have like the sole one beer from right. four years ago. You got to, you got to have that thing stocked to the brim mm -hmm. or, you know, more than halfway full. Right. Uh, and people will know that like, one, you like to party, but two, you care about your guests. Like Absolutely. you care about their comfort and like their well-being because you, you are providing them with some super fruit acerola. Right. Uh, you can drink a Vizzy anytime, mm -hmm. okay? Anytime, any day, anywhere. With the mimosa flavors? Uh, if you want to get up crazy with a Vizzy in the morning on a Saturday, go out to your, your garage fridge, bang. Yeah. Vizzy Mimo. Yeah. And guess what? There's four flavors of them if you would like them. So you want to hear them? Yeah. Uh, how about uh, Vizzy Mimosa uh, Strawberry Orange? How about pineapple orange? We know I'm a peach orange girl. How about peach orange? Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. And pomegranate orange. I have had the peach and the pineapple, and both of them hit incredibly hard. And it's summer is like it, it's so freaking close. Like it's there's a hundred degree day in the forecast right now. The best Austin, part about Vizzy too mm -hmm. is that you don't have to like prepare or like put thought into it. It's just in your fridge. You can grab it. You don't have to be like Oh man, like I was gonna get stuff from margaritas, but like I don't have any limes, yeah. or like I didn't get the Cointreau. Yeah. If people come over, or just yourself, like you're you're coming home from a long day, you want to like sit outside, have maybe a drink. You just did the, maybe you just did the lawn. For Literally, example. you just grab it. It's a grab and go situation. It's a grab and go, and I've even I've been known to pour it in a nice glass, like a Yeti tumbler type of thing. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Put some ice in there. Put a squeeze of lime. Oh, little, unbelievable! Little spritzer. Little spritzer, Sally. Like she said, superfruit acerola for days. And it's also got, they also love lemonade hard seltzers, which you cannot go wrong with, especially this summertime when Randy's on his paddleboard that he just bought. As well as a watermelon hard seltzer. Are you kidding me? And the OGs. Come on. I'm trying. I, you know what? There's four, eight, 12, six. There's 20 flavors now. I might go on a busy marathon at some point. You could. Not all at once, not consumed all at once, but over the course of the summer, I will have every flavor. Okay. I'm going to just. Call back to all the questions we've answered recently. Nice. Instagram posting guy and house guy. What if you made a reel of you stocking your fridge with all 20 Vizzy flavors in like a really like, um, you know, soothing way, you know, where it's like everything's like ASMR of like you stocking Ooh. it, everything's like perfectly lined up of every different flavor. I mean, people will kill for that. I just thought of the dad vent calendar, which is just one flavor leading up to Father's Day for 20 days. Wow. You shouldn't have said that. How about that? On air, because we should trademark that. Yeah. Dad Vin Calendar. Yeah. yeah. Vizzy, if you're listening to this, the Dad Vin Calendar. The Dad Vin Calendar. Wow. Truly, truly some amazing stuff coming out <laughs> of you right now. To find out where you can purchase Vizzy for your Dad Vin Calendar, go to VizzyHardSeltzer.com slash washed. That's VizzyHardSeltzer.com slash washed. To get updates on their latest flavor drops and more, sign up for their emails at VizzyHardSeltzer.com slash subscribe. That's VizzyHardSeltzer.com slash subscribe. You must be 21 plus to drink. Let's do the next one. Hey, Brett and Sally. 
So a few days ago, I mustered up all my courage and I told one of my best friends that I had feelings for her. Oof. Unfortunately, those feelings weren't reciprocated. Unrequited love. Oh, I feel okay though. I'm moving away for a job in a few weeks and I'm glad that I can take that journey without a what if between us. If I'm being honest though, I miss her. This is the longest that we haven't messaged or talked to each other in close to three years. I'm going to give it some more time, probably until I'm settled into my new position, but I would like to reach out and try to establish how our friendship can move forward. Despite myself seeing our relationship developing further, I still do value the friendship that we have. Any advice on how to approach this? Okay. Um, Pour one out for our boy. Yeah, I've been here a couple too many times. <laughs> uh, personally, I think it's best to just move on. Okay? Yeah. I, I have always said and will always maintain that men and women cannot have friendships, that they're, they're both single and of the same age and like same, you know, situation, and one person doesn't have feelings for the other. I, will, I disagree with that, but I I'm going to let you go. Go to my grave saying that. Uh, maybe it's because I was incapable of having friends with <laughs> being friends with guys. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That personally, we it might be your your it might be your truth. Yeah. Uh, for me, I especially like when I laid cards out on the table or it got to that point, it was always cleaner to just move on and like stop being friends with that person yeah did i ever do that no <laughs> did i wish that i did so many times um obviously you're not a robot so like missing her is absolutely okay mm -hmm. and you had a relationship with this person whether or not it was a friendship or something romantic um so it would be psychotic for you to not want to be friends with her. Sure. Um, I personally feel that you need to give yourself the space to move on. And especially because you're moving cities anyway, that's a great opportunity to like start fresh. I think you get into a little slippery slope here when you're like, okay, I've moved. I'm going to reach out because you don't want to find yourself like backsliding into right i was situation. gonna say it's sort of like you have the wound yeah the move is gonna put a band-aid on it you right. don't want to let it cut go. yourself again yeah speaking of you see my stitches yeah they're looking really good yeah uh you don't want to backslide back into it and i think it's absolutely okay to maintain a friendship with somebody it's very very difficult to get over it if you keep leaving that door open and and it's it's tough to be the guy who is like shooting the text being like hey hope all is well how yeah. are how is this how's that i'm doing this at my new job and like i know what you're doing there man like you're trying to see if she's gonna respond with some big lawn like how are you oh my god i miss you and, yeah and just to feel that like that feeling again yep don't even let yourself do it. I know what you want. I've I've been there myself. It's not it's not worth it. In time, I I like you say men and women can't be friends. 
I say time is literally like the best, time is the best medicine. Time, time heals all is such a cliche thing, but it's so fucking true because it really does. Time is the best way to get over someone. Yeah, I just, I don't, I don't think it's wise. Yes, you had a friendship. Yes, you miss her. That that's all true. That's that's okay. That it can be true, but it's also true that like you have to give yourself time to heal and time to move on. And opening at least for me, it was like leaving that door open of like friendship, like let's be friends even though like I have feelings for you. It's really hard to like not continue down the unrequited love path of like okay well like we're still friends i've moved like i've moved on but like why aren't we together because like clearly we're meant to be together and we're so perfect and blah blah (laughs) i i just think you need to hold the funeral move on Mm -hmm. and then six months from now if you think of something that like you see something and you're like, think of her. And Maybe you throw an text. Instagram story reply. And you can be like, hey, I thought of you today. Like, hope you're doing well. And then you've you've actually moved on mm-hmm. and you want to try to maintain a friendship. But like trying to keep the ties without giving yourself the space is really only hurting you. And let me give you some... What's the word I'm looking for? Some hopeful, maybe not in the relationship department, but like the move is going to be the best thing that happens to you for this. Yeah. Moving away in a few weeks to a brand new space that's going to put you in a brand new mindset. We're going to have to kind of, you're going to have to leave stuff behind, whether it's her or whether it's your old, st- like you're, you're going to be focused on creating this new you in this new place. Mm-hmm. That's going to take up a lot of your time. It's going to take a lot of your of your mind space, and for, take it from a guy who's literally done this, moving to Texas from New York and like leaving stuff behind. It's actually this this situation was more moving from Boston to New York mm-hmm. when, I, when I left school, but or when I graduated. But it, it it's going to take a lot of time, and it's going to help. Yeah, like just let it help. Let it be. Um, like let yourself be be moved on and and get there via time in a new place. It's, I just it gets better. Is a long rambling way of saying it gets better. Yeah. Next one. Yeah. Help. I've been asked to be a maid of honor in my friend's wedding. Huge honor, which is great. But I've never been asked to be a maid of honor before. I'm 25, so the time in my life where all my friends are getting married has just started. If you're from the north, if you're from the south, you're like three years in at that point. One thing to note, the bride is very bougie and has very large expectations of what the whole wedding experience will be. I need to know, one, what my duties are, two, what expenses are solely mine, and three, what expenses are and uh, I can split with who. I should also note that I'm a very new attorney, congratulations, in the first year of my real job with crippling student debt, so I'm pretty much broke. Any advice for how to make a bougie bride happy on a budget and how to deal with being a maid of honor in general would be greatly appreciated. The bachelorette trip is in Charleston, where I live, and we need you guys to do a meetup here. Shouts. 
Love the pod and can't wait to hear your thoughts. Sally, as a bridesmaid, maid of honor, and veteran of all weddings, I'm excited to hear your take here. Okay. Um, financially, you're responsible for probably your bridesmaid's dress and whatever costs you incur for yourself for the bachelorette party and to get to the wedding. Which she's already helped by doing the bachelorette party in the city which she lives. Correct. Um, all of the bachelorette party stuff can be split with um, the bridesmaids. Mm -hmm. And I think <laughs> we did a lot of like paying for the bachelorette. Hopefully your friend has some sense of mm, I, the fact that everyone's devoting a lot of time and energy to her and she'll be gracious enough to like also pay for her own way. Maybe if you want to pick up a dinner, maybe. Yeah. That's fine. But, but like, yeah. Like the, I, I air, think, the Airbnb think, share. No, yeah, I, no, yeah. Yeah. You're, you're she's going to have to pay. The bride should pay for most of her stuff, but like paying for um, her dinners and stuff is probably acceptable. Um, so bridesmaid slash maid of honor, um, you can offer to throw her a bridal shower. Um, if things yep. kind of go different ways here, sometimes like the mom and the mom's friends do it. Super involved, yep. And sometimes the bridesmaids do it. So that's like really up to the bride. I think that if you want to say like, hey, would love to throw you a bridal shower, but like let me know. Sometimes people are like, oh, like my mom's friends are going to do that. Don't worry about it. And then okay. some people want the bridesmaids to do it. Mm -hmm. So that's like an extra cost, probably a few hundred dollars of like you and a few girls like throwing like a luncheon mm -hmm. or, um, you know, you could do like a, like an actual like party. But I feel like so people do that easy. at like people's houses now, right? Yeah. It's like a, that's like a living room party. Houses or it's nice to do like if you only have like 10 or 12 people to do like a lunch somewhere. Yeah, and you a have to lunch like patio. Like or, yeah. Crazy. Um, obviously, it, it kind of depends on how much you're going to have to travel. Like if everything's in Charleston, that makes it easy. But if she lives somewhere else, you're probably going to have to travel a couple times. One for the wedding, one for any sort of bridal shower engagement party. Because you're the maid of honor, I feel like it's really – there's a lot more pressure on you to actually be at all the events versus like a bridesmaid. You can probably get away with like just coming to the wedding and like one other thing. Mm -hmm. Cause like people live all over the country now and we can't expect them to be at every freaking event. Um, so it's okay to like say no to stuff, but as, as the maid of honor, I think that there's a little bit more expectation and pressure to like be at everything. The caveat to that is if you're in school or you're, you know, like you live in New York and everything's happening in California, obviously that makes it a little bit more difficult for you to be able to travel as a new attorney. Um, and I'm sure you're working a shit ton of hours, mm -hmm. probably like 120 hours a week or something insane. Um, it's important to maybe set the expectation with your friend right now, like, hey, I'm like the low man on the totem pole. I'm going to do my best to like be at everything. So let's like map it out now. Yeah. Because really your time and your effort, which is worth a lot, by the way, is going to be what you're giving. Um, mm -hmm. Your financial contribution should really be for yourself and not for other people. Um, throwing a party, throwing the bachelorette, but that is all like split with other people. 
And then a lot of times it just depends on the bride, but a lot of times you're paying for your dress and your hair and makeup. Gotcha. Um, weddings are expensive. I would budget like at least $2,000 of like, that's just for like a slush fund of things. Mm -hmm. The dress, hair and makeup, the day of, uh, the luncheon, a gift. Trip. The uh, it, trip, which like you said, it's going to save her some money not having to tra travel to Charleston. Mm -hmm. um, I do think getting a wedding gift for the couple is nice. It doesn't have to be anything like over the top, especially because no. you're 25 and you're the maid of honor. You're already like doing a lot for her. So getting something that's like thoughtful and like 50 to $100 is absolutely fine. The parents are going to be the ones who like get the kitchen aid, get the, you know, right, yeah. the, the plates, the, all the, the stuff. China. Like China. if you want to give her like a cheese board or like, you know, a nice vase or something is fine. You don't have to go out of your way to like really blow it out because mm -hmm. you're already spending a lot of time and money. Totally. totally I think, totally, totally. like I said, the bigger commitment is the time. Yeah. Which as an attorney, your time is worth a lot of money. So mm -hmm. just try to map out and and honestly if she's really bougie and i was gonna like, say though I, I wanted to get your take on on the bouginess factor like i think there's like tiktok and youtube can teach you a lot there's cheap or cheap ish ways to make things look elevated right yeah whether it's fonts or flowers like there's there's ways to make things look bougie and by bougie i'm sure she means like instagram wedding ish yeah right like i think Getting your arts and crafts feel and well, maybe and like some DIY it, stuff can make it, it feel It probably elevated. is like she's probably going to want to do a lot of like bougie shit for the bachelorette. Like go to all the nicest restaurants and like do this and that. So again, meet with her, see what her expectations are. I also think please, please, please do not be the bride that's like, I want to be surprised and then like be pissed oh, when yeah. your friends don't do exactly what you want. So your job as the maid of honor is to be like, what do you, where do you want to go? Mm -hmm. What do you want? What do you want the vibe to be? What do you need from me? Like ask her specific questions because if she's high maintenance and wanting stuff, she needs to be honest with you about what she wants. So pull it out of her. Don't just let her be like, no, I'm happy with whatever. Be like, what would you actually be happy yeah. with? Do you want to do like oysters and champagne or do you want to go to a steakhouse? Do you want to do like like a wine tour? Do you want to do like just like walking around to different bars? Like decide right now the things you want to do and I will make it happen. And if you want it to be a surprise, but like give me an outline of exactly what you want. Fair. And then she can't be a diva come the bachelorette, which to be honest, she probably will because the problem with weddings right now with bachelor and bachelorette parties and weddings in general is that there's this whole buildup and there's all these expectations and the bride and groom get so overwhelmed and overworked that when it doesn't go perfectly, they tend to freak out. And so your other job is to just talk her off the ledge on her wedding day when like the eyeshadow that her makeup artist used is not to her liking. And, the, and, and she the probably will purple, cry about it pink. because people, the pressure to have an Instagram perfect wedding is so high that people lose their fucking shit over the dumbest things. So that's your other job is just like being a therapist. Be human Xanax. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a fun time. 
Have fun with that one. By the way, you're very right on Charleston. Mm-hmm. Very much a bucket list place for me. Good golf. Okay, we very went to his, a wedding very in historical, cool it's the only time I've been there and it's way fun. Need to go not in like August. We did um we didn't stay at the Dewberry. I kind of wish we would have. But we we basically like we were there for a wedding and it was me and Will and Will's friend and his now wife couldn't go so it was just the three of us and we just like walked around and like went into different bars and restaurants all day long it was so fun sounds beautiful it was really beautiful like easy to walk around like it's tons of stuff to look at i'm a sucker for like bars in the water too yeah Ugh. we were like i don't even remember at this point what we did it was sounds tight let's yeah. do it again yeah last one sally all right i love the segment y'all have been doing at the end of each show where you go through a location and give your recommendations on spots to hit so here goes nothing you ready for this, Randy? My fiance and I are doing a night in Breck and a night in Vail for a little pre-wedding getaway. Not trying to ski, as there will be no snow in June, but curious as to what there is off the slopes. Thinking a nice dinner or two and some bar hopping, obviously. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts. Colorado, Sally. The Great White North. Okay, you and I talked about this before the podcast. I did so much planning for the Breck trip, and I remember so little. <laughs> well, it's because you were your your planning corne- my your, No, well, also your cornea was un- unhinged. <laughs> Whatever you want to call it. I tore my retina. It was, that's that's it a good one. Yeah. Uh, okay. We when we got into Breck, and we had like a bunch of places, and it was um, obviously a little bit more difficult to like make reservations because it was such a busy time. Mm-hmm. I think I had like at one point 10 reservations to different places and then we whittled those down. Right. I think the first place we stopped, we did go to a brewery. We did. We went to uh, Breckenridge Brewery. Okay. Which is fantastic and a must hit. I know it's like touristy uh-huh. quotes, but, uh, but that it's was really an easy good stop and, and absolutely good. beautiful. Yeah. Uh, and then we went to Dave's favorite. Blue Stag. The Blue Stag Saloon. Saloon, yeah. We went there, and then I think Dave went back by himself at least three other times. He did. It it, it quickly climbed Dave's rankings of, like, favorite bar mm-hmm. not in Austin. To or be honest, be like, I liked it. I don't know that it was, like, <laughs> I think earth-shattering Dave, great. I don't know what but it, it was. it did. I think it, like, met the vibes that we needed right when we got there. Yes. Because we kind of needed – we were waiting for our house to be ready – and we needed somewhere to like post up that like enough of us could fit Mm -hmm. and it was nice inside and we i think i feel like oh that was like end of january i feel like we were watching basketball or something i can't even remember yeah it was it was mid to end of january it was like right before covid yeah rocked our shit but uh breck we went to blue moose for breakfast we went to blue stag for drinks we went to blue river bistro for dinner Anything with blue in the title, you're really going to like. It's like the blue man group. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a beautiful, the biggest thing about Breck is is Main Street and it is chock full of bars, restaurants, etc. I loved every second of Breck. We did Fatty's Pizza, uh-huh. I believe, Sunday night, which was a fun kind of like um, more mom and pop pizza shop. Blue River Bistro was more like our, our kind of our nice meal. Right. I did a very nice salmon dish there. There's Ollie's Pub and Grub, which is on a boat. Pretty cool. But you can pretty much get anything in Breck right on Main Street. And I would I would basically say walk up and down 
and find something that fits your vibe, right. your cuisine you want, whatever craving you're having that day in Breck, you're going to make it happen. Now, Vail, I've only driven through Vail. I just know it's, it's bougie Breck in yeah. a way. Like, so same vibe. Vail is more of a, uh, like a resort, like cars can't go down it if you go to the ski part of Vail, right. um, which is a lot of fun. It's, it's cobblestone walkways and stuff with same vibes. Restaurants all over the place, bars all over the place. Um, and it'll be beautiful in the summer because both of these locations are right at the bottom of right. their mountains. So it's, it's gorgeous, I'm sure. The I, I don't obviously we were in Breck in the winter and then I haven't been to Vail, but um doing a hike in the summer, like somebody oh, that's local, especially wherever you're staying, or like a quick Google search can like give you some good hikes. That was like my favorite thing that we did when we went to Aspen. Sure. Um in the fall was like hike because it's just so many beautiful views. Um that's an easy like summer activity. And then like you said, all of these like Colorado ski towns with like little ski villages mm -hmm. have like the cutest main street area. Yeah. And all you have to do is walk down there and then just like see what's popping and what you want to walk into. Totally. Same same vibe in Aspen. Like there are places in Aspen that I love, but you could walk around Aspen and just like walk in somewhere. Um, I think yeah. when we were there, it took a little bit more like maneuvering of um, needing reservations and stuff. Mm -hmm. But like, I'm a planner, so always having like a reservation, like a dinner reservation is nice, but it's not like absolutely necessary when there's just two of you usually. Yeah. Um, and those, you're not going to like, neither Vail nor Breck and it, people who like live there, go there all the time can like hit me up in the DMs and like attack me for this. But I don't think either of them have like some restaurant that's like a must do off the beaten path. Yeah. I know there's like world renowned like sushi in Vail. Mm-hmm. Um, Breck is known for like the Breckenridge Brewery, like we said. Yeah, but there's all of I don't it's going to be right like, there, so you can literally just walk around and yeah. pop in. I do think that Vale has a kimasabe. That's what I was going to say was kimasabe. And uh, you should absolutely get a couple drinks and yeah, walk into kimasabe, budget a little cash, and uh, buy yourself a hat. Yeah, it's for me. Uh, I have two kimasabe hats. Okay. One was a gift. Mm -hmm. The other I got when we went to Aspen and I was sober when I got it. But it's one of those things. It's like such a good like memento from the trip because it's something you can wear all the time if you're a hat person. Will and I like both have <laughs> have ours hanging on our uh, wall in our apartment and we don't wear them as much as we should probably. But it was like really it's a great trip memory. Oh, you, absolutely. It's something you can like leave with and still use mm -hmm. and has a lot of like meaning. Yeah. Love that. Hey, did you know I got boots? I did not know that. Oh, yeah. Did my first pair. Oh. Got some Lucases. Wow. Went I in. need to get some new cowboy boots. It was for a, uh, it was for a bit. It was actually for Randy's birthday. Oh, okay. And uh, I just, I went for it. We were supposed to thrift our outfits together. So got Lucases. Nice. Yeah. Pretty sweet. That's going to do it for uh, us. Breck and Vale. Enjoy Breckenville. Yeah. In the summer too. I like that. Mm -hmm. um, any shower thoughts before we get out of here, Sally? My only shower thought is that I really have to pee because I've been chugging all of these uh, different drinks during this podcast. True. We Sorry. will oblige then. We will get out of here. Subscribe, rate, five stars, review, and tell a friend about the pod. Hit the hotline number 888-362-MAIL. 
That's 888-362-6245. Or you can write in at the link in the Twitter bio at Mail-In Podcast. I'm Brett Merriman at Schmerriman on both Instagram and Twitter. That is Sally DeFreeze at Sally DeFreeze on both Instagram and Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. We'll see you next week. Bye.